2: What's up, guys? You are tuned into the newest episode of the Punchless MMA podcast. This is going to be a wild episode. Um, We're starting a little bit late. We are 15 minutes past the 6 o'clock Pacific time start time. Um, The reason being, Dale's MIA. Not sure where he is. Don't know. You know, I hope he's okay. Um, Totally MIA. Hopefully, he's going to jump into the podcast here shortly. Um, But your boy here who struggles with any athlete's name is going to try and get through prelims and main card for you guys. So worst case scenario, I've gotten notes from him. I've got my own notes. Don't have the pronunciation. It's going to get really ugly in here. Um, let's pay some bills though. Real quick, guys, the best meat you can put in your body. We talk about it every single week. You know, one of the primary sponsors of this podcast is stay classy. Go to stayclassymeats.com. type in the promo code fist. And that's going to save you 10%. Calvin Cater, who's fighting on this main card. The guy, if you look in his octagon, New England cartel, what he's got there with Rob Font, absolutely unbelievable. The dude's got the Stay Classy logo in the corner. He's rocking it. The guy's all about that tomahawk steak. Now, he's probably not on the tomahawk steak right now while he's cutting weight, but you know he's waving the flag. He's eating that good stuff and getting himself in tip-top shape. So, again, go to stayclassymeats.com, type in the code FIST, and that's going to get you 10%. Guys, we're also sponsored by, as you see me donning her right now, Allegiance Clothing. This logo is pretty dope. I'm going to be honest. If you guys watched our boy on Bellator Fighter, uh, Taylor Tombstone Johnson, he was rocking our logo. Obviously, he rocks Allegiance Clothing. This one reminds me of like a little bit of Hell's Angels here. Let's just put it this way. No one was fucking with your boy this entire week. Not that I wore this every single week. It has been washed, but... The cool thing, actually, about when you wash these shirts, too, they don't get all, like, funky. There's no, like, perfect square. You don't look like SpongeBob. They're tailor-fit. Regardless, if you want to look like a badass, you want to have that tapered fit, go to allegianceclothing.com, type in the code PUNCH. That's going to save you 15% off site-wide. Okay, guys. Um, Yeah, thanks so much seeing the comments here. What a champ. Thanks, dog. The show continues. Thank you, Smish Bros, MMA. You guys are legends. Uh, The show does go on. Uh, My co-pilot, actually, he is the pilot. I'm I'm usually just kind of sitting. I don't even know if I'm sitting first class, but today, dude, I'm fucking flying this flight. So let's get into it. Obviously, if you listened to last week's episode, we talked about uh, the Calvin Cater Max Holloway card in full prelims. We know that there were some changes to that card. Um, Our actual bet slip that we're going to be putting out is... going to be showcased right after weigh-ins on Friday. So what Dale and I are going to do this season, which we've said numerous times, there's a disclaimer here. Everything we say, we're breaking down the fights for you guys to make your own analytical decisions as to how you want to bet your money. But if you want to see what Dale and I are actually putting our cash to, we're going to be posting that. We'll do screenshots of our actual bet slips late on Friday, right after weigh-ins to give you guys ample time if you want to replicate some of it or whatever. But again, a couple edits. So you'll see those obviously on our bet slip coming on Friday. This week, uh, we are going to get into, um, you know, again, we're going in three events in eight days. So this is a a big one, obviously a late notice main event that we have Michael Chiesa and Neil Magny. Um, Still, this is one of those sneaky cards. And there's a reason I know they slipped this thing in kind of right prior to the uh, pay-per-view. It's going to take place on Wednesday, um, so more than enough time to take advantage of these crazy lines. Some of them are super, super wide. Um, but again, these are one of those cards where you can make a lot of ground in the prelims or you can get absolutely smashed. Um, I will say these lines are disrespectful to some fighters, but uh, let's just kind of dive right into it, guys. I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Um, let's get right in. We're going to start with the uh, the main card. Uh, we'll start bottom top the main card, and we'll loop back to the prelims. And hopefully Dale's going to jump in here. Um, cause the sound of my voice is getting kind of annoying already. Um, <laughs> all right. So first fight up on the prelims is actually going to be a chick fight here. Victoria Leonardo versus Manon Fiorat. Okay. And you guys know, um, I am the guy that's going to butcher all the names, but this is actually a really, really interesting fight for a bunch of reasons. So, uh, Victoria Leonardo, um, and we've got the wrong, uh, fight on the crawl there, but Victoria Leonardo, she's a super, super aggressive fighter. Um, she's got great Muay Thai. She walks forward. She leans heavy with her head. So she's going to take a couple shots to give some, to get some interesting about Leonardo, uh, Victoria Leonardo though. She fought one of our favorite people. And one of the guests of the shows and Haley Cowan rear naked show this is back a couple years ago. Wish we could get our insight on that, but Victoria Leonardo is a killer be killed versus someone that is more of a karate style. And there's Dale mid first run dude. What a profesh right there.
1: First of all, I appreciate you not answering my call. Um, so that way that you can continue the show. So oh, I, yeah. I, I applaud you for that. Second of all, um, hundred uh, percent my fault here. Um, so as you know, uh, as a dad, sick kid right do they like uh, to be held or not held They like to be held right and what happens when you sit in a dark room with a kid that wants to be held for more than 10 15 minutes at a time what happens
2: now you're making everyone feel like an asshole dude
1: i listen i don't i don't at all i i literally uh sick kid wanted held and we both fell asleep in a in a rocking chair so um you you calling me over and over again woke me up uh, which is good. Otherwise, I'd have missed this whole thing, and then uh, and then you blew off my return phone call. So mid
2: dude. What was I going to do? I
1: listen. I appreciate you. What I'm saying is, is that a, a lesser man would have decided to wait um, until I woke up, and you said, "Nay, I, I shall." You were dead. I shall continue and how quickly you replace me. Listen, if I was, if I was your, if I don't let your wife listen to the show, because she will immediately think that you're going to move on. If something like that were to happen to her, because you just, you replaced me immediately. So thank you for that.
2: I will tell you to go back to the comments. We had many people saying, thank you for waving the flag and keeping the show going. You're the man. So that's what I do. This, if the show, if the boat is sinking, I'll dive down, rip off the barnacles, put some new freaking pallets on there, and we will continue to float.
1: Right. All right. <laughs> there you go. So that being said, I'm assuming I I this is not me. Let me catch it. you up to speed. Maybe catch me up, please.
2: We have done our ad reads. We have done a funny intro. I have warned the people that if this episode were to proceed without you jumping in, mm-hmm. the names would be butchered. Mm-hmm. Uh you know the the thoughts would be very biased um <laughs> it would have been a brutal episode but right now we're in the middle of going from bottom to top of the prelims we're going through victoria leonardo versus manon Fiorat. that's what i chose to pronounce her name i
1: love it go for it
2: talked about victoria again fought haley cowan was on the show lost via rear naked choke she's an aggressive fighter mm-hmm. uh, she lost miranda Ma- maverick via armbar though so while she can give a rear naked choke she's susceptible to different submissions she is very, very aggressive, but to a fault, leaves herself fully vulnerable. Man, I though, I really like her. She's much more technical. She's got that karate style, you know, kind of more output, you know, and then we like to see, especially women fighters, utilize those high outputs, you know, peppering other fighters with strikes. Um, she's a little bit of a bully in there. She will push you up against the cage and just start landing, you know, quick, you know, short elbows. I like it. I like her in this fight. I think that Victoria, it's going to get closer to a pickem as it gets closer to the fight, but I really like Manon here, even for someone that doesn't really have any UFC experience.
1: Okay, I I, I refuse to weigh in on uh, on chick fights in this regard. I I, I will say this: uh, Victoria Leonardo, um, you know, I don't want to say shock the world. That seems that seems very, you know. Uh, I don't want to overuse or use cliche language, um, but she really put the world on notice rather whenever she beat Chelsea Hackett, Um, if I'm not mistaken, isn't she? she, Victoria Leonardo is not, uh, she's the one that beat uh, Chelsea Hackett. So that was a fight that she was not supposed to win. uh, And she went out and she's not the most athletic. She's not the fastest, uh, but she is a grinder and she can find ways to win. And, you know, to be honest with you, a fight like this, We always say women's MMA is 50-50. Welcome welcome to the punch list, right? We say women's MMA is 50-50. This fight is freaking 50-50, bro. (laughs) Do we really want to say that it's anything more than that? So um, I'll defer to your better judgment here as far as picking winners and losers. Um, But as far as putting money on it, you know, my hard-earned smackaroos I don't necessarily know that this fight's going to see too much of it. What do you think?
2: No, I think stay away from this fight. Uh, Victoria does have that big light or big show experience. Um, this is a lot for Manning to prove, and especially in a, a place, dude. Back up for a second. Is Fight Island actually having in person attendance?
1: They are, but I don't know. I think it's starting with the Connor fight. I okay. could I could be wrong. Okay. Um, but they it, it all that to say then yes, there will there will be a few select uh, oil warlords that will be able to buy their way into watching the bloodshed. Yes, I do believe that that's the thing that's going to happen. So,
2: okay, yeah, I mean, I'd stay away. Just I mean, Victoria's been in the big show before. And when I say the big show, it's probably the most parallel big show. She's fought in front of the big man that is Dana White in a closed, quiet Mm -hmm. arena. So she Mm -hmm. knows this game. Granted, it is far and away land. But yeah, stay away.
1: Gotcha. What fights have you covered outside of it? This is the only fight you've covered?
2: It, dude. I just did the arteries I did the. I did the hard work, dude. I threw shit on shoulders. Yeah, that was it.
1: What the? All right, cool, bro. Yeah,
2: dude.
1: Man, all right.
2: Let me come into the restaurant, clean up the floors, and then you can start dishing out the food, dude.
1: All right, bro. Well, did we did we find an official bout order for this? This fight island nonsense has been has really had me mad lately. The the, the bout orders have been really frustrating. Um, we have a t- we have actually we have to, we have makeup work we have to do from last week with stuff getting added, stuff getting dropped. Um, you know, we we were talking about fights last week that we're going to be that we're saying we're going to happen on Saturday night that are not happening until like the on Connor fight. Mm-hmm. So. I got to make sure that we got an appropriate bout order here. Um, so did we talk about Sergey Morozov versus Umar Nurmagomedov? We did not. Okay. So let's do that one next. Because as far as the bout order goes, that's the one. I, that's the fight I can see that's next. Do we have that preloaded in?
2: No, because I couldn't even find odds on that fight.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. I got the hiccups too. Um I'm in a bad spot tonight because I have the hiccups. Those of you who don't know, I get the hiccups. I get them for about a day and a half at a time, two days at a time. Um, This is going to be frustrating. So Tyson Nam versus Matt Schnell. Tyson Nam, we we have that, correct?
2: Yes, we do. All
1: right, cool. Tyson Nam at 20 and 11. Matt Schnell at 14 and 5. Um, Matt Schnell plus 100. Tyson Nam minus 130. I have talked shit on Tyson Nam for two fights now, and uh, he has proven me wrong. Um, and continues to win, uh, you know, somewhat salty of a record, but he seems and talks as if he's coming into his own. He's really feeling completed as a mixed martial artist and feels like he's out to prove something. Matt Schnell, uh, if you're not familiar, you know, one of the few guys outside of Dustin Poirier that used to that were featured on an MTV show. Dustin Poirier, Frankie Edgar, and Matt Schnell—pretty elite company there, uh, fighting on MTV at one point in time, and now. Uh, in the UFC so uh, Matt Schnell is no joke obvious submission threat taking on a seasoned veteran Tyson Nam pretty close fight here man Um do you buy into the salty record of Tyson Nam and the submission threat of Matt Schnell what do you think here
2: I don't think it'd be consistent with my narrative from last week where mm. all 2020 I was you know rah-rah go Hawaii boys but I'm going to fade the Hawaii boys again. Uh, Tyson Nam, like he said, very spotty record. He's he's 37. I mean, this is could be the erosion of what Tyson mm. Nam's whole career is. Matt Schnell's a really, really formidable op- opponent. He's very well-rounded. He's got an insane submission game. He's, you know, his triangle choke, dude, he just freaking throws that shit up, even against really tall guys, which it's, it's tough to do. He did that against Louis Smolka. He did it against Jordan Espinosa. I mean, the guy's legit and i think tyson nam you know that's where a huge issue is is you know being on the ground Matt Chanel is going to be a little bit more the bully in there try to get this thing to the ground tyson nam though i feel like this is his record dude up and down up and down the the downs i feel like you know to, to a fair point usually against somewhat of elite competition kai car france uh mm. sergio pettis he's had big names and you know wasn't able to seize the opportunity I think this is a, a more hungry, a more athletic, and a more aggressive Matt Snell. So I think Matt Snell gets this out, and I love the plus money on that.
1: Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Um, you want going to talk about a guy that's fit for a Manscaped sponsorship. Matt Snell is it. That dude is covered. He's got a, a, like a little teddy bear. You know, that, he's covered in hair, bro. He'll run around like a, with a daggone sweater on year-round. Fight Island, that hairy uh hydration is going to be an issue but we'll go, <laughs> we'll go with matt snell we'll go with matt snell you don't want to be that hairy in the desert man um yeah, yeah. <laughs> i hate I, I i hate this freaking they've not updated all right anyway mike davis taking on mason jones mike davis at eight and two mason jones undefeated at 10 and oh mike davis is probably about as athletic as it gets for your tray um and my man's, you know, got the call. He's coming back to the UFC minus one ninety, taking on Mason Jones plus one fifty five. The Welshman, I think he's, I think he's Welsh. Um, over under on rounds is at two and a half. I feel like minus one ninety is showing Mike Davis a lot of love. Um, obviously, Mike Davis has faced the better competition, but Mason Jones is no slouch, man. That dude is a is a hammer, looking for a nail. Plus 155 might be the first dog action of the night. I'm interested in. What do you think?
2: Ooh, ooh. Huh. You weren't kidding though when you said Mike Davis has met with you know good competition. He was welcome to the UFC against Gilbert Burns, lost via rear naked choke, but I think mm-hmm. it wasn't until like the second round. So he weathered the storm of the first round with mm-hmm. you know what could be our next champion. Uh, Mason Jones, though, don't want to slouch on him. Dude, he's two time Cage Warriors champion guys that come out of cage warriors are relatively pretty decent he's mm. uber aggressive as is Mike Jones or Mike Davis Mike Jones dude who said that in football uh, that was uh, Lamar Jackson did you hear that in the press conference no a reporter asked him he's like oh Mike Jones from you know the Washington Post wherever he's like oh Mike Jones
1: Mike Jones yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, <laughs> if somebody in the chat right now can give me Mike Jones's cell phone number oh dude. We'll send you beer money. You got it the next 30 seconds. That way I know you're not looking up on Google. So timer right now. Mike Jones, number on the thing. Jake, producer Jake. First one to put Mike Jones' cell phone number up in the chat, getting beer money. Anyway, carry on. Go.
2: Isn't that kind of funny, though? Those are like the things that you remember from like high school or middle school. It's Mm -hmm. like I'll never forget Scruff McGruff's address, dude. Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Chicago Illinois.
1: Illinois. 606. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It works.
2: I do you use Scruff for? What do you use Scruff for?
1: Um, I, was that the like report drugs? Was he like a? Was that like the Dare Dog?
2: Might be the Dare Dog. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, I'm not going to dare and take Mason Jones here. I'm going to stay with Mike Davis. The dude's a legit New Yorker. Like he's he's as tough as it comes. He looks like the Statue of David. There's not a piece of fat on that dude. He's extremely athletic. And dude, remember how we talk about like. When we see cancellations on resumes, yeah, dude, guess who Mike Davis was supposed to fight twice? They tried to reschedule him against who's that Giga Chicken Days, bro.
1: That's good for him. That honestly, that's good for Mike Davis,
2: yeah. It's good for Mike Davis, but it shows what the UFC matchmakers thought in Mm. quality of opponent.
1: That's true. That's a good point. Valid point.
2: So, I don't know. I think under two and a half for this fight looks super juicy. I think Mm -hmm. bright lights, the aggression from both sides. I think it's a recipe for an under. Um, I really like that more than I like, you know, picking a money line.
1: Outstanding. Uh, shout out to Smash Bros MMA uh, in the chat. Hit us up with Mike's cell phone, or Mike Jones' cell phone number, 281-333-0800-FO. Um, he hit it up, man. I, I appreciate that. Said he was calling that number in junior high on his friends Razor. Cell phone, and I have never heard anything more true than that. I appreciate you, dog, for that razor, boom, that Motorola razor, baby. It doesn't get any more real than that, man. If I could just tell you the amount of Mike Jones I bumped, uh, you know, I was out of high school at the time, but just barely. Um, so your boy was lost in the sauce over in Okinawa, Japan, uh, cruising in my nissan gloria with a system just bumping paul wall and mike jones like i completely forgot who i was as a human being so um shout out
0: (laughs) hey
1: man you know we we were all there at some point in time you know so uh yeah shout out to smash bros shoot us a message uh and on the uh what you call it on instagram and we'll, we'll get your we'll get your venmo from you buddy all right let's keep things moving right along I honestly think I I think the under I think the under two and a half is good play here. Trey. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't acknowledge your your good breakdown and uh, quality choice there. Francisco Figueredo at 11 and three. Jerome Rivera at 10 and three. This is a fight, dude, that I am literally going to defer to your better judgment. I am going to take dog or pass style approach to it. I admittedly do not know much about either one of these guys enough to advise people on what to do with their money in this regard. So, um, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, dog or pass as far as I'm concerned, but do you have anything you want to add to this here?
2: Yeah, this is a massive pass fight. How, uh Figueredo's at a -140 is purely based on his last name. It is the brother of Davison. Davison um literally looks exactly like Francisco with a beard instead. This is the, you know, model for Manscaped Jerome Rivera. You know, we're going to say Tyson Nam a few times through this card because Tyson Nam has fought a, a couple people on this card, but Jerome Rivera was one of those people. He lost to Tyson Nam back in September. Jerome's got good standup. Um he's got some quick hands. Fought back in LFA. If you know me, I love my LFA guys. Um he, uh, he actually lost against Brandon Roy Val back in LFA. So he's fought some guys that had some potential. He actually lost that fight via injury. Um, I don't know. I'm going to stay away from this fight because clearly the UFC is either trying to give you know Francisco some clout um, or they just want to see something entertaining with guys on the same level. But this is it's why it's almost at a pick over-under, scary. Stay away.
1: Are we going to um, – I had something I wanted to say. I was going to lead off the show with a little bit of rant um you're all
2: you're all just mixed up right now
1: i am listen i am first of all i need something to drink so bad like laying in that room yeah i appreciate that well like that hot baby like body just you know and like i'm just you know i'm i gotta really got the thing going on you know i'm just very thirsty right now um but i have no way of getting a drink short of walking away from the mic mid show. So. I, I will forge on. It will be the most heroic thing I do today. It, do I have time at the end of the show to do a rant or do I need to get it in now?
2: I say what we do is we finish off. It's
1: fine. Okay.
2: This, this main card or Did prelims. You, what are we on right now?
1: We got, me we got a ways to go because you started at the bottom. So we do have to pick up the pace regardless. Otherwise, the show is going to be two hours long.
2: All right. Let's 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 do break before main card. You get a rant in. Okay. Now I'll just get everyone all
1: pumped, dude. Just remind me it's about the LFA because I'm mad I'm mad at the LFA right now. Oh, uh, so, the
2: firing, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: see you already know where I'm going I'm already. I'm <laughs> Good sure. thing you read, yeah. good thing we did the ad reads already. All right, next fight Dalci Longi and for taking on Marcus Perez. Uh Longi and Bula at 10 and 2, Marcus Perez at 12 and 4. I think it's win or go home here for Marcus Perez. I don't think that that's um, I don't think that's too big of a stretch here. Longy and Bull is going to get a little bit more grace here, but you are com- You got a Perez that's coming off three losses in a row to wellington Termin. Um I'm sorry, two two in a row um, to wellington Terman and Driscus duplessis um, Perez is on winner-go-home status here. He is entertaining. He is a good measuring stick, but he must win this fight. Longy Bull minus 140. Marcus Perez plus 110. And listen, I think that this is something um, where – we have the first fight of the night where the best strategy is survive. If you can take Longy and Bula and stretch him into rounds two and beyond, um, that's where your win comes in. Longy and Bula is about 0.01% body fat. He throws everything with ill intention. Perez has to be smart. He can be baiting the way that he likes to. He can be an asshole. He can try to you know trigger him if he wants to. However, he has got to survive those five minutes. He has to. Every minute the fight goes on, the better chance he has of winning.
2: I, I totally agree. Dude, how did Dolce move from 205 to 185?
1: Is this at 185? I mean, he's a big boy, buddy. He's so big.
2: Yeah, but he's a big boy, but he's only 5'8".
1: Right, well, he's thick. No, he's oatmeal thick. He's like a fucking tank, right. dude. He's thick.
2: Yeah, he's super thick. But we haven't seen him a bit. The last time we saw him was uh, the 2019 November loss to Magomed Ankolov. Um, yeah. Shit. Uh, dude, he's he's a black belt in judo, so you know he's going to try and throw, lay heavy, significant ground and pound. Marcus Perez, this is where we're going to talk about, dude. Brazilians on Fight Island. Do you ever want to bet on a Brazilian on Fight Island?
1: You don't normally, but, you know, leading into that, we're talking about taking, you know, uh, what's his face? The Figueroa's little bro. Mm,
2: mm. Well, I'm staying away from that fight. But eh. yeah, but yeah, I mean I, I
1: agree. Normally, statistically speaking, and what we've seen in the past, eyeball test wise, you do not bet on a Brazilian on Fight Island. It's just regardless of how big of a mismatch you think it may be, they did they, they did not fare particularly well on Fight Island the first go around. So um, there were some Brazilians at once, so don't at me saying oh, what about this guy or this girl. I know a couple of them won, but by and large, bro, they ain't winning all that much, right? The same way Canadians have not been winning that much. Well, one dude got his feelings about you talking shit about Canadians. The Canadians have not been winning that much lately, man. So it is what it is. Like what my my Matt said, it is what it is, right? Um, it it's I don't don't at me about it. I don't like betting on Brazilians at Fight Island. They don't do well when they have to travel multiple time zones. I don't like it.
2: So, anyway. Canadian thing. It's a boot time they start winning. Um, Marcus Perez, though, dude, uh, the guy carries his hands super low. Um, he's fought decent competition, Duplessis, you know, uh, uh, Wellington Terman. Um,
1: Here's the thing about the Duplessis fight is I don't think Dricus Dr- Duplessis looked very good in that fight. I think uh, Marcus Perez just got crazy reckless and blew his, uh, blew his wad um, yeah. trying to get Duplessis out of there. Yeah. um you know that's that's my opinion i duplexes just got booked for another fight that i think he's going to lose um i almost made an instagram post regarding it um i'm not impressed with that Duplessis kid and i think perez could have won that fight he just gassed out and looked you know essentially poor fight iq is what lost him that fight um but yeah i i don't know man maybe maybe i think inside the distance is a great play here yeah. um it, because you know both of these guys are coming off being finished and they both have the intention to sit there and, and throw. So I think maybe an inside the distance play if, if you're going to play this fight at all.
2: I love that. Let's do that.
1: Perfect. Let's do that. You do, do that. Do it. All right, man. I'm, do you want to do this next fight? Because I'm going to be honest with you, there's not many names uh, that intimidate me. And this this fight has two names that intimidate me a lot. Um, Z- Z- Zaruk Adeshev. And Zu Madarji?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Madarji, minus 390. Adeshev at plus 315. A boy named Sue is what I called him last fight. Any dude, any guy named Sue knows how to fight. I said this the last time. And we were like, I don't know if we want to take him. And I said, any guy that is named Sue. Johnny Cash gave you the blueprint 50, 60 years ago. Anybody that names their boy, Sue. And why, what do you remember? Have you ever listened to the song, of A Boy Named Sue?
2: No, I thought that was a book.
1: First of all, as an accomplished and acclaimed children's author, like you are, <laughs> you should know what, what, what books are, what, what's written in a book and what's not. And no, Johnny Cash uh, wrote a song about a boy named Sue. And the dad says um, that he named the boy Sue because if he did so, that he knew he'd grow up to be tough and mean. That's all why right. he did that. So, if he could survive being named Sue, he knew that he wouldn't have to worry about his boy. So, wow. a, boy cool. na- a boy named Sue is going to murder a guy with a name that I can barely pronounce, if I can pronounce it at all. So, uh, I do believe that was gonna is probably going to be one of those popular parlay pieces of the weekend. And justifiably so, he's going to murder Zaruk Adeshev in the desert. There will be bloodshed in the desert
2: dude this this Zaruk guy his his manager's a moron um we talked about tyson nam before
1: who is it ali who's his more who's his manager I, I don't
2: know but his bookings are absolutely atrocious dude he took okay. he took the tyson nam fight on two weeks notice he moved up a weight class the guy's a glory kickboxer so yeah he could probably hold himself or you know you know have a good foundation standing mm-hmm. but gets absolutely clotheslined by tyson nam mm-hmm. murdered now he's taking this fight Dude, this is the opposite of a fight you want to take because one, he doesn't have that great of striking. He's, I mean, he's got good kick kickboxing, but not his striking is just really not there. Sue has a seven inch reach advantage, and that's all he knows how to do is strike. So you're getting a world class striker with a seven inch seven inch reach advantage. Like, there's just nothing for him to do. Both these guys don't have a ground game, so they're both not going to faint that. Um, so this is tit for tack going to be standing, and hmm. Sue, that's what he does. So that's why the line's set that way. I'm not going to touch a 390, though. I don't even want to put that in a parlay, though. I, I, hmm. I don't think Sue – I think Sue can pepper someone. I don't see him being a devastating striker. I don't know why this is at one and a half. I totally like the over in that. Um,
1: hmm. nah. you,
2: really, you think he's that devastating?
1: I think Sue gets done. You, you're looking at – you're talking about Zaruk, He got slept in the first 30-some-odd seconds of his last fight. Yeah, he has, but that was had, again
2: two weeks' notice, and it was up a weight class.
1: Oh, and and dude, it's just you
2: know
1: 30 seconds is 30 seconds. That just it is I mean, 30 seconds is 30 seconds. You went out, you moved around, you put your hands up, and then you and then somebody woke you up. That's it. That's what just happen.
2: All uh, right, all right, all right.
1: I mean, sometimes 30 seconds feels like an eternity, and sometimes 30 seconds is 30 seconds, and that my man went out, did this, and it was over with. <laughs>
2: That's oh,
1: it. It. It's a, Sue's the play. Sue's the play. So Sue is the play. If you're going to play, that look for look for him as a parlay piece. I'm not saying throw ten grand on the guy at minus three ninety. I'm just saying if you're looking at a parlay piece, Sue's your man. Like it? You like it? <laughs> I like it. All right, man. We got one that we we. I don't know if we talked about this last week or not, but it, it's on this card now. So we're going to talk about it now. Omari Akmedov versus Tom Breeze. Mm. Um, Omariok medov at 20 and 5 tom breeze at 12 and 2 um do we have odds loaded for that one or no
2: no because we talked about this one last week um
1: right. but we thought it we was supposed i thought it was supposed to be on last or right. whatever That's this month. right but it's from what i understand it's on the wednesday card so no big deal um but we talked about it last week and we went Omariok medov on it last week correct Yep. Still right.
2: sticking with that, too.
1: All right. Perfect. All right. Not the feature prelim that we wanted, but a feature prelim that we're going to get all the same. Your boy, Ricky Simone, at 16-3, yes. and three, taking on G- how do you say it? Is it Gaetano? Gaetano? Gaetano. Gaetano. I have a
2: Gaetano? friend named Gaetano. Yeah, You're, so that one I'm, I know.
1: You have a friend named Gaetano.
2: Yeah, dude. He makes freaking bomb pasta.
1: Really? That's a real thing?
2: That's an Italian name right there. Is it? I don't know if this dude's Italian.
1: Yeah. Okay. Gaetano. Is it Perella?
2: I can't. Don't. Cannot confirm the Perella.
1: Okay. He's 15-5-1, and and taking on Ricky Simone at 16-3. and three. We don't have odds loaded for this either?
2: Um. Oh, there was no odds for that one either because this is a short notice fight for Gaetano.
1: All right, let me look on bet online real quick. Go ahead and talk about uh, Ricky Simone has that glorious mullet. Talk about that for a second. Let me see if I can pull up an odd. It's a
2: disgusting mullet, dude. I think it is, is greasy,
1: it's very it's greasy. So I got odds for it right here. Ricky Simone's a minus 330. Uh, Tano is at a plus 270. I don't know where you were looking for odds, but it couldn't have been bet online. If you would have went to bet online and used promo code armchair, oh. I believe that you would have seen all of these odds because I don't just pull these out of a hat, I'm not a magician, I'm not John Dodson. Um, these odds are available. So, look, man, I need you to wave the flag a little bit more here. We got to get, get this together. I fall asleep for one, you know, half hour. I fall asleep. Goodness gracious.
2: I told you I'm below the boat. I'm getting the barnacles off. I'm not doing anything on the ship currently.
1: I understand. I understand. All right, so we got Ricky Simone. My man, Ricky Simone's coming in. Uh, he's a sizable favorite, minus 330, uh, taking on. <laughs> what? How do you say this guy's name is? Gaetano? Gaetano. He's my giga. Um, over under on rounds at two and a half with the over two and a half being a minus one sixty. That greasy long flowing mullet of Ricky Simone. Can he get Gaetano out of there on short notice? Am I looking at playing this on inside the distance? Am I looking at playing Ricky Simone as a parlay piece? What am I doing? This is this a dog pass. What am I doing?
2: This is the most parlay piece on the planet. Ricky Simone is an absolute beast, an amazing wrestler. He's got an insane camp. Um, he's had a full camp. I mean. Dude, he was getting ready to fight Brian Kelleher. That's who right Ricky Simone was supposed to fight. So, to up his striking, he was ready to do that. He already has that wrestling foundation. He's mm. ready to go. Brillo mm. is everything big. He's got that overhand, right, Muay Thai style. He's got those looping punches. So, he's just going to come in there knowing he's taking this on short notice. He's going to try and just bull rush and clip. Ricky Simone, though, he'll easily duck under, get a double, bring this thing to the ground. The wrestling within itself, this is parlay, parlay, parlay. I used to hate this guy um, because, you know, back when he fought like Faber and stuff like that, anyone that fights Faber thinks, fuck, I don't like him. Um, But (laughs) Ricky has shown to be an absolute just warrior. I really like him in this fight. He's going to be a big parlay piece for me.
1: Interesting. So, yeah, Gaetano is Italian, fights out of Belgium, uh, fight name El Tigre. Boy. I like the exactly. cut of his jib too. Looking at pictures of him right now, checking out his record against all this regional competition. I like the cut of his jib, man. Is this are we gonna see a big underdog beat? I don't know, man. Are we taking stabs in the dark here. We just gonna take that Ricky Simone ride.
2: No, we're gonna let Ricky Simone ride. We are not touching Gaetano,
1: no way. All Unless right, I'm it.
2: all hopped up on like some uh sugar
1: cereals. What's that? What's that? What's, that?
2: What's, that? what's that what's that Italian uh port wine thing? Um Bro, the yellow are. stuff.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about.
2: Okay. Lemoncello, dude. Lemoncello. Lemoncello.
1: Oh, it's a digestive. Isn't that? You only know, drink that after a meal to help the food digest.
2: Yeah, unless I'm shit faced on lemoncello, I'm not touching Gaetano.
1: <laughs> I know back in the day you were doing uh, you were doing a little little lemon drop body shots, I bet, weren't you?
2: Oh yeah, dude.
1: Yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah. No, don't put salt on the rim, put some sugar. Put some sugar on the rim. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh. Over, cold. under, over, under on time, the over, under on the amount of times you've taken a, a lemon drop shot out of a, out of a navel, out of a navel. Yes.
2: Who calls it a navel? You mean the belly button?
1: I do believe I am calling it a <laughs> belly button. Yes.
2: <laughs> I'm not a learning doctor.
1: I'm not about. a, this is a house of learned doctors. What, so.
2: <laughs> what was the number set?
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm asking you what should the number oh. be set at?
2: Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna start with
1: like. I don't want to get you in trouble here.
2: Yeah, I know. Four or five. Four or five.
1: Yeah, four or five. <laughs> four or five. Hundred, zero, zero. Yeah, I got you. I yeah. got you. Yeah, for sure. Look, check you out. Yeah, awesome. Good for you. Good Thank for you. A little, a little sugar on your rim. I'm just gonna call you that from here on out, Jake. If you would just change Trey's name to Sugar Rim, please. So that way. <laughs> All right, moving on. Lerone Murphy, first fight on the main card, Lerone Murphy at 9 and 0 taking on Douglas Silva the Underage at 26 and 3. This is a fight, honestly, when it was first announced and then the odds started rolling out, Trey. Um, I've talked to you about this. I've talked to several other people that I I you know usually run by, picks by. Admittedly, I am slightly confused by these odds. Um the biggest thing that I can think of when it comes to this is that one, you know, a lot of people are hyped up on LaRon Murphy and then two people are seeing the Brazilian, um, I guess you would say Brazilian struggling in fight Island, um, in particular muscle bound Brazilian, uh, like Douglas Silva, De Andrade, who is, who is 0% body fat. Um, I know, I don't know why I'm more, so much body fat talk this week, but anyway, um, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm interested in this fight because I like Sil- I like that Silva D'Andrage here, and I don't know why I like him so much at a plus 220. The odds in Vegas would say that I shouldn't feel so strongly about him, but I'm really feeling a certain type of way about my man uh, DSDA. I'm trying to think of it without saying his name over and over again. I feel pretty strongly about him here. I, I really like him at plus 220. I really like that.
2: I mean – you and a lot of other people, I guess. I mean, that's that's a lot of people are jaded by the resume. Dude, look at it. He's got a win against and Burrell. He's got a loss to Piotr Jan. He's got a win over Cheeto Vera. He's got a loss to Rob Font. While there is a crazy and flow to it, look at the strength of schedule. It's a freaking nuts. He's a win-win-one, lose-one type fighter. He plods forwards. He's head first. He makes me nervous. Uh, being 35 years old and kind of walking into a guy. Uh, with great technical boxing, like we're going to see in Larone Murphy, um, but he's got great BJJ. Uh, I think a lot of people are looking at Larone Murphy and just like saying, "Dude, this guy's technical boxing is legit." Not just because he actually head hunts; he works the body, he wears you down, uh, which makes you really, really tired. And God forbid he gets on his back. He doesn't have as good as j- jiu jitsu as as. Uh, on Draj, but you know what he does have is a really active guard so you'll see him utilize his elbows laying on his back he'll do this freaking awesome move like that yeah <laughs> and then,
1: uh, you're very flexible
2: thank you um but I, I yeah i i think this line's way too wide um i dude i could take a flyer on on Drage. i was i was a little bit more laron murphy because i just thought over time um and you know our our friends at mma heads had in the chat, I was wanting to bet the over. I like the over too. He's Lerone, Lerone Murphy's not going to get you out of there. Um, hmm. I think it's going to be a very slower type fight because um, I think that Larone Murphy can hold his own on the ground. I think uh, DeAndra's knows what it's like to stand on the feet. Um, I see the over in this, but I don't like either one.
1: If you look at Andra's, he's lost to Pyotr Jan, Rob Font, and Zubara Tukhagov. Those are his three losses. Outside of that, my man's got 26 wins. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I say it all the time. Experience is the currency of MMA, and it pays time and time again. I understand Lerone Murphy's undefeated. He's a prospect. He's 9 to no, but he's going up against a guy that has damn near 30 professional fights. And the three uh, – listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, of the three losses, one of which is now a current champion, Rob Font is knocking on the door of a title shot in Zubair Tukagov, has been considered and tapped as a prospect to watch as a potential title contender at some point in time. That's if you're going to lose the three guys, I could pick three worst guys to lose to. Laro Murphy, I don't know. Okay. Oh man, he's he
2: Brazilian. Time. Caveat. But he is Brazilian. Like
1: that's my face. that's my only fear is that he's Brazilian. But plus two twenty, don't be surprised if he shows up on the slip on Saturday. We sh- or whatever Wednesday. Um, all right, Vivian Arizal at 9 and 2 taking on Roxanne Motifari mm. at 25 and 17. Uh, this was a fight that you and I are admittedly kind of split on here. Motifari again, plus 255. Arizal, minus 330. How much money has Roxanne Motifari either lost or won us? Because they're about pretty dang equal, Trey. Because when she wins, she wins fights she shouldn't. And when she loses, she loses fights that she should win. Um, plus 255 money here taking on Vivian Araujo does a couple things good, but does nothing great. Araujo. Roxanne Matafari makes every fight ugly. She makes every fight her fight. If you beat her, you're beating her at her own game because she only allows you to fight her style of fight. I know you're about to say the words Andrea. I'm not gonna correct you on it, but here's the thing. Roxanne Mottafari, I don't like her. She is probably the single most unathletic fighter on the roster, but she finds ways to win fights. Plus 255. Is she worth a stab? No. No? no. <laughs> You're like very just...
2: <laughs> just no. no. Dummy, no. no she's this is not. This the type of fights that I don't want my wife to watch. Like, there's a couple. You want MMA and UFC to look like badass. You want to, you know, like you want some guy to like look just like a tank like oh shit they're about to go to war when you look at someone like Roxanne Montefiore who just looks like a freaking nerd she does the whole like what is that what is the thing with the hair she does at Wands? uh what is that thing I don't know some comic bullshit I don't know what it is that heavyweights dude it's like those aren't athletes Roxanne Montefiore is a smart athlete she's not an athlete though she's not athletic She's mm. not – when she's met with someone that has true athletic mm. ability like Andrea Lee, someone mm. that has the footwork, has the output, has the technical striking, she gets murdered.
1: Mm. Macy
2: mm. Barber, the only reason that Roxanne – it looks like she's coming into her own is because Macy Barber tore her entire knee off in the first like 30 seconds. Roxanne Montefiore is a great jujitsu jitsu person from a technical I guess, standpoint, when it comes to grappling, she's not strong enough to overpower these heavier fighters. Vivian, she's got a bunch of issues as well. You know, she's she loses the chicks that are bigger than her. Roxanne Montefiore is not going to be bigger. Yes, she's going to be taller. I think she's like four inches taller, but she's not thick. She's not that triple C thick chick we need to see. So I just think from a standing perspective, how this is going to play out on the feet, Roxanne's too slow. She overthinks everything. She's technical, but you need someone that's going to bully in this fight. And Vivian's gonna bully her in this fight.
1: For how long, though? I'm confused. I mean, I'm not arguing with the things that you're saying, right? But if you, I, I just, I guess maybe I'm, I'm taken aback as to how you think Erigal is going to win this fight, right? Roxanne is going to be bigger. She's three inches bigger than Vivian is. Um, I don't.
2: Dude, I'll, Rox- t- I'll tell you right now. Okay. Go, go back to Vivian's... What was her last fight against Montana De La Rosa? Montana De La Rosa, that's what she does. She's a grappler wrestler. She comes in thicker. Yeah. And she survived that. I, If I were to put Montana De La Rosa and Roxanne Modafferi next to each other and who I thought is actually going to be able to lay heavier, really keep things up to the cage, control the fight, I'm going Montana De La Rosa all day long.
1: That's interesting. I don't agree with that. I, I, I'm not, Yeah, I'm not trying to be contrarian. I'm really not. I just... I. She Roxanne Monteferrari Farr- has this very weird, unorthodox, ugly style mm-hmm. of fighting, and she is able to impose that on people. I agree that from a skill perspective, maybe Montana De La Rosa is a little bit more decorated, or or you would think could pull out more, you know, more tools in the toolbox. But if I if I'm sitting there going, I need somebody that I can consistently bet on. To perform a certain way night in and night out, and how that stacks up with people. Roxanne Mottafari, if nothing else, is brutally consistent in her skill set and her execution. She's going to come out and do the same thing every single night. She does not come out, and some nights it doesn't look like she doesn't have it. She comes out and she does the same thing every single fight, and whether or not it gets the victory that night remains to be determined on the other side of it. It's always the other person that does what, she, what Roxanne's doing. They just happen to do it better than Roxanne that night. Plus, don't forget, Montefiore is coached um, by, you know, when we talked about Cater, he's, who's fighting this weekend, um, who's, you know, Cater's coached by Tyson Chartier. Um, he split coach of the year honor um, with, what's his face? Uh, Eric, come on, Hello. help me out here.
2: Glasses, Eric.
1: No, what what's his face? Gosh, I can't remember. Well, I can't remember that cat's name right off the top of my head. Um, Damn. Anyway, again, runner up or tied uh, Tyson Chartier as far as coach of the year goes um, with most major media outlets. Damn it, I cannot remember that guy's name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, So Roxanne's coming out of a great camp too. Plus two fifty five. I just, I, I know you do women's MMA better than I do. Um, I just, I don't, I don't. I don't. Know, I I actually like Modafari in this fight. Plus two fifty five. That's back to back plus two hundred dogs. I realize this.
2: An unathletic thirty eight year old. Yep. Let's go with Roxanne.
1: Who does cosplay? <laughs>
2: Who does cosplay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who does cosplay? Yeah. Fuck uh, it. <laughs> oh man. Hey, listen. If if Silva de wins, um, I'll take those winnings and I'll roll them over immediately into a Roxanne Modafari play. How about mm-hmm. that?
2: That sounds fair.
1: Okay. All right. Fair. It's essentially like going up to the a roulette table and just throwing money on black. Yeah. Just just hoping for the best.
2: I'm more of a green guy.
1: You are a green You know what? You are. <laughs> oh man. All right, sugar rim. Vinicius Moreira at nine and four. Taking on Ike Villanueva at 16 and 3. This main card has me so confused as to how they have this thing set up. I do not know what to do here. Ike Villanueva minus 135. Vinicius Moreira at plus 105. Over unders at one and a half. Uh, I think I feel like you like your boy Ike here. I feel (laughs) like I think you're going to tell me that you like Ike at minus one thirty five. Yes or no?
2: No. This is why I said I don't want my wife to watch these two fights back to back. Those are the worst fights. This is this is a garbage fight. This is the worst Mm. fight on the entire card. Oh, really? The UFC wants Moreira to be legit. I mean, he's. But he lost his last three fights, dude. A heavyweight that's got his or light heavyweight, right? Light heavyweight.
1: They're doing light heavies now. Light
2: heavyweight with your back against the cage, three fights and a loss. He lost to Paul Craig, rear naked choke. He lost to Eric Connors via punches. He lost to Alonzo Menafield via punches. Dude, did I? Oh, oh, let me forget to mention all those first round. Hmm. This guy fucking sucks. Um, he's 100% on this card to ensure that there's going to be a stoppage. That is the safest play on this entire thing. Don't don't get cute with the one and a half under. Just play inside the distance. Both guys have glass chins. Ike's 36 years old. I mean, if this goes to the ground, they both don't have anything. He's just these guys are you know fat light heavyweights. You know, Moreira's probably going to come in a little bit better shape, but you know after one and a half, dude, the cardio tank's gone. Like this fight's just going to get sloppy.
1: Can I push back a little bit? Can I, My contrarian. Can, can I push back just a little bit here? I do not believe that Villanueva has a glass chin. Um, I, I will. I don't. I don't. If you look at his fight against Chase Sherman, he who, who showed up for that, right? The best Chase Sherman that we've ever seen, whom we haven't right. seen since because he got busted by USADA. But that Chase Sherman came out and just put a beating on him for the better part of two rounds, right? And Ike took everything until it was just not feasible from a brain health perspective to, to continue on. Then he comes out he fights Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright didn't finish him. A cut finished that fight. Um, right. And the the cuts are a byproduct of Ike Villanueva being, or being so tough. He's got tons of scar tissue because he goes out there and he does take a beating, right? He does have quite a few losses. He, he does have a salty record. I can't deny those things. However, um, I do think that he's more battle-tested uh, than Vinicius Morera is. And I think minus 135 is a good price on him here. I think inside the distance is a good price here. I do not like Morera unless he's going to get get it finished by sub. I don't believe he, he finishes Ike wave off um, with strikes. I don't believe that he's going to beat him over the course of three rounds. We've seen Ike submitted a couple times before. He either submits Ike or Ike gets the victory anyway, anyway, anyhow. And at minus minus one thirty-five, I feel confident in betting just villain away of a money line. I think that's a decent price on him in this fight. I think you're right. Moreira is not very good. I'm not going to say he's garbage. He Mm. isn't, he is a, uh, he is a professional athlete. Um, but (laughs) I, I definitely think that this is a fight where they're saying, if you can't win this man, we got nothing else for you here. Um, a loss here is, is a wrap on the, uh, the UFC tenure of one Vinicius Moreira.
2: I see what you're doing here. You're doing the whole like good cop, bad cop thing. That's mm. what you're doing. God forbid we get uh, Marrera on the show and he listens to this episode. He's about, fuck you guys. I'm not coming on the show. But oh no, no, that was Trey. Trey's not going to be here anymore. Don't worry about Trey. Do you listen no. to what I said? Good cop, bad cop.
1: I talk more trash about people than anybody else. You, what, what I do though is it's different than the way our execution is different. Our end goal is the same. Our execution is different, right? Like me, I'll go. I'll think. I think somebody's not very good, um, or I don't necessarily know if they're a UFC level talent is what I will say. And then you'll say this person fucking sucks. <laughs> We're both saying the same thing. Um, I'm just saying it differently.
2: I, I want you to say one good thing about Greg Hardy then.
1: You want me to say a good thing about Greg Hardy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If um, I were to
2: say I think he's a shit human being, how would you reply about Greg Hardy? What would I, be agree. The
1: the I agree. Way? I agree. I don't care if Greg Hardy ever comes on our show.
2: I know, but would you... Oh, so you'd piggyback on me being the aggressor?
1: No, I'm just saying... I just, I, I'm saying I you nine times out of ten, 9.9% times out of 10 i agree with everything that you have to say about people and their assessment of their talent skill and capability inside the octagon you just say it in a more crass way than i do that's all
2: crass you're saying ghetto
1: no i said crass
2: <laughs> no one knows what crass means dude i don't even know what crass means let's get on the next fight it just Some means i'm
1: words. just saying that you say it in a way that that's that that's from a harsher perspective than me but we're both saying the same thing
2: okay that's fair that's crap.
1: we're both saying the same thing. That's all. You just say it with more colorful language than I do. Thank so you. I yeah. say th- listen, I try to explain somebody's skill level as if my grandma's sitting beside me. Um, you say it as if you're just hanging out with the boys at the bar on a Friday night.
2: I'm doing, dude. This, this is the boys for the
1: boys. For the boys. Listen, am, there, there is no wrong way to do it. That's all. It's not a good cop, bad cop because okay. you this you and I know we're a unified front on Ninety-nine percent of the things that we talk about on the show. All sure. right. Co-main event of the evening time: Warley Alves taking on Munir Lazez. Munir Lazez stepping in on short notice. Ten and one taking on Warley Alves at thirteen and four. Boy, I like Warley Alves a lot. Um, I as a fighter, I like him. Um, I really liked him in the matchup that he had prior to this when he was f- supposed to face Christian Aguilera. Um, I really liked him in that fight. Um, I don't like him in this fight against Munir Lazes. Admittedly, we have not seen a whole lot of Munir Lazes, but what we have seen has been very, very impressive. Um, and I think he can get it done against a guy like Worley Alves. Uh, you know, justifiably so, because I believe that Vegas sees things the same way minus 210, Worley Alves plus 170. Um, again, I would normally lean on the side of experience here. However, Munir Lazez has, you know, in, in his last fight against Abdul Al Hassan showed a well-rounded skill set, a durability, a willingness to exchange, a willingness to, you know, really showed a high fight IQ in that fight, which was really impressive. I like Munir Lazez at minus 210 in this. Um, spoiler alert, we will be putting out a parlay um, that will have Munir Lazez in it. Uh, I do like him in this fight.
2: Yeah, I mean, he pretty much said it all. Luzes is that guy. He's he's an absolute stand-up feat. The guy's got a rhythm that's unprecedented. He's a guy that looks at the entire body and figures out where that little opening is and hits it. And when he hits it mentally and physically, you just start to crumble. is mm. that typical Brazilian type fighter. He's got great jujitsu. jitsu um, but the thing is Luzes has got an amazing takedown defense. He's got great footwork, he's got insane cardio. He's going to be able to get out of there and not allow Warley to get this thing to the ground. Um, you said it with the uh, Razak Hassan fight; it was great back and forth, but we saw a lot of poise, a lot of great fight IQ. This guy, I think, is going to make a run in the division, um, or at least you know climb pretty significantly. But yeah, Laziz or Liz in parlays. Let's do it.
1: All right, sounds good. All right, let's move it on to the main event of the evening. Mm. The lead horse at Team Elevation, Neil Magney taking on Michael Chiesa. Um, man, I, I, this, this is a tough fight. Michael Chiesa is at a plus 110. Neil Magney at a minus 140. Over-under on rounds here is at two and a half on a five-round fight. Um, boy, I'll tell you what. Consistently, for probably the better half of the last five or six years, um, Neil Magney has been straight money from a betting perspective. I don't know that we see that change uh, on Wednesday night. I really don't. But if there's a guy that can do that, it is Michael Chiesa. Because the things that make Neil Magny great as a welterweight, uh, Michael Chiesa shares a lot of those attributes. Um, I think we're both initially leaning Magny here. uh, But give me your breakdown of the fight, and then I'll interject on, on top whenever you're done.
2: Yeah, Chiesa is just a scary wrestler. And the reason he's a scary wrestler is because he's just a big dude. Um, but the problem is, I feel like everyone, and you and I were talking about this earlier. I feel like a lot of people are jaded because of his resume. He's fought the who's who, and you know, you you know, you go back to the days when actually people started to understand his name and the Ultimate Fighter, which is one of the greatest seasons of all time. I think that was the Cruz Faber one. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, it
2: was Cruz or it was Cruz Faber, and Kiesa was on Faber's team that also had like Ally Quinta. The Team was freaking stuck, um, but. <laughs> Kes is dangerous because he's such a big dude. And he just he just you know swarms you. But his last three opponents RDA, which mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't the RDA we just saw, it was the shitty RDA that looked like okay, you know he's going towards retirement. Mm. Diego Sanchez, come on,
1: yeah. and then
2: Carlos Condit. You know before obviously this upcoming uh, uh, Matt Brown fight, this was not the Carlos Condit we we knew. Um, He's, he's fought the Benil Darius, he's fought the Kevin Lees, the Anthony Pettis, he's fought the who's who. But I think he hasn't fought anyone that's actually been on the rise. He's been fighting fighters that were on the decline. Outside of Benil Darius, you can make a case that every single one of those fights, those fighters were on the way down. This is finally a fighter that's coming into his own. He's exponentially exponentially grown his striking. He's a long, reachy, athletic dude. He's been arguably the best team that mma has i i think that this line is fair i would love to say let's go kiesa because i love that wrestling style but neil magny man he is on the move
1: i think that carlos condit is the only real welterweight that michael kiesa can say that he fought Mm -hmm. um i don't think that you know uh, I don't think RDA is a real welterweight. Um, I don't think Diego Sanchez is, um, right. you know, and obviously spent some time at 155 where a majority of his fights were at, but you see him and you're like, man, I don't know how you ever made 155. He's just a massive, massive guy. Right. Um, and it it, it it confuses me in the sense that, you know, I don't necessarily know. I don't have an, actu- an accurate metric to say how good, um, how good is, you know michael kies i don't know how good where what his ceiling is um, he's not the most entertaining fighter to watch by any stretch of the imagination i don't i think that's a fair assessment of him but neil magney you know to his own credit finds ways to win fights right like neil magney is the og of coming out there and you think you have a game plan and neil magney's mm-hmm. just going to run around and jab you to death or he's going to take you down and Matt return, and Matt return, and Matt return. He does not care about what your plans are for a fight. He just does what he thinks he needs to do to win fights, and he's been wildly successful in doing it. When he can't execute his game plan, we have not seen him really be able to rally and find another way to victory, right? Like with the Santiago Ponzinibbio fight, um, Neil Magny went out, he had himself... Uh, you know, a plan A and B, and it just didn't work out for him. And he was unable to adapt and overcome uh, something as simple as leg kicks. Although there's nothing simple about getting kicked in the leg, he was not able to adjust. He couldn't adjust. And Santiago Ponzanibio just beat him mercilessly uh, for the better part of 20 plus minutes. It was bad. It was tough to watch. Um, so if Neil Magni's firing on all cylinders, he looks untouchable. I don't know if there's a whole lot of 170ers that can do anything when Neil Magny is in his zone. Um, but he's got to be in the zone. Yep. If he gets rattled, if he's not executing the way he needs to, things get dicey. They get dicey in a hurry. Um, my concern is Michael Chiesa under two and a half.
0: Yes. Like if
1: you, if you like Michael Chiesa, I suggest betting under two and a half. If you like Neil Magny, I suggest betting over two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, because if Kiesa is going to get this, he's going to get Magny. He's going to push him up against the cage. He's going to try to get his arms wrapped around Magny, switch to the back, get one hook in, get two hooks in, drag him to the mat, rear naked choke, uh, Michael Kiesa uh, under two and a half rounds. Um, if it's not going to go that way, and he cannot do that, Neil Magny wins this fight. He wins it going away.
2: That's, yeah, 1,000%. Dude, that's I can literally close my eyes and see it that way. Either the over for Neil or the under for Kiesa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if Kia, again, if Kiesa wins, it's by sub. And I'm, I'm, I'm being super bold in saying that if Kiesa wins, it's by rear naked choke.
2: Mm. Okay.
1: Just uh, sometimes you gotta, you gotta fire something out into the ether, bro. So I'm just putting it out there. All right. That's it, man. We, we went through this whole thing. Oh, we do, we did not go over Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown. Um, That was mentioned. We thought it was going to be on this card. It's actually on the the fight card coming up on Saturday. Mm
2: -hmm. Correct? Yeah, correct.
1: Okay. So I do want to touch base on that real quick. Let me get those odds pulled up. I know we're not going to have them scrolling. It's not a problem. I'm throwing um uh, a curveball here. Matt Brown's at a plus 145. Carlos Condit at a minus 170. I am scared. If you will, at how much I love Carlos Condit in that fight.
2: No, mm. no, don't be no,
1: scared. Don't be scared. Um, something to keep in mind too is Matt Brown has not seen the decision in almost six years. <laughs> so uh, over under on rounds is at two and a half. Um, so I'm liking inside the distance, and I'm liking I'm liking Carlos Condit.
2: I, I am too. I don't have much to say on this because I think this is very one sided. I can totally see Condit up against the cage. Cross elbow, dropping Matt Brown to his knees. That's it.
1: Okay. All right. I think think we went through everybody, right? That's it? And there was no adjustments from last week's card that we needed to talk about? We went through everybody?
2: I did tell everyone at the beginning that after weigh-ins on Friday, we'll be posting our actual bet slips. So people want to understand outside of the breakdowns that we've showcased here today, what – dale and trey will be actually betting on for saturday's fights
1: yeah yeah you it, so in 2020 um we just bet every fight um which was great right but there's a lot of chalky plays in there too so you know you get a big chalky underdog um you're losing money and you get a nice underdog win or sorry you get a big chalky loss and you're, you're losing and you get a big underdog win and you're, you're up big um, so, what we decided we we're going to do this year, obviously, we'll do breakdowns for every single fight, but we're going to share with you guys what we're actually betting on because we're going to be a little bit more picky choosy with what we're betting on this year. There's no point in sitting there and putting uh, money on a minus three ninety favorite just because we told you guys to pick them in the show or that we that we like them uh, in the show. Yes, I like a minus three ninety favorite, but all things considered, uh, I would not be betting them. Unless I didn't already make a promise to everybody at the beginning of us starting this this podcast that I was going to bet everything I said. Um, so I, I'm not betting everything that we talk about. I'll tell you who I think is going to win fights, but I'll, I'm going to share with you what I'm betting now instead of just betting everything for the sake of betting. That's just irresponsible. So,
2: yeah, um, I do want to say this real quick. Um, I know you have a sick kid. I know that you were 15 minutes late. I am. Um, But you just don't seem like you're happy. cheery self. And I'll say that because you know what? I know. I know my little Dale. I know.
1: What do you know? What do you you know? What do you know?
2: I know that sometimes you carry the weight of like, you just need to get something off your chest.
1: Yeah. Oh, you want me to talk about the LFA thing?
2: Get it off your chest, dude. I want to see you back to smiling and happy. Just fucking let the world know.
1: Well, no. So here's the thing, right? And, and, I'm going to get up on my pedestal for a second. Um, Love these. Well, no. So LFA cut ties with Pat Miletic this week or today, not this week, today. Um, those of you who are unaware who Pat Miletic is, Pat Miletic is a UFC Hall of Famer, former champion, um, and currently a color commentator for LFA. Um, and has been so for years. They cut ties with him because Pat Miletic, um has an amazing podcast. Called the Conspiracy Farm. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. It's a quality program. Um, but Pat Militich has been very critical in the past of, um, I don't, I'll, I'll say all branches of the government, but just um, he is an adamant conservative, but he is also more on the patriotic side than your average person. Um, he attended the rally at the Capitol building on the, what was that, the 6th? When that happened, um, he was not part of the contingency of people that that went into the Capitol in single file line and stayed within the velvet ropes after the the barricades were removed for them. Um, He was not part of that group of people. However, uh, because he was photographed there, the LFA has chosen to um, take the same bitch-like approach of everyone else and jump on the cancel culture train, and they have cut ties with Pat Miletic. I believe it to be an incredibly dangerous precedent being set by companies, both big tech and beyond, where you are willing to fire, disenfranchise, cancel, and remove people from existence for their beliefs, whether you align with them or not. I think it's Bullshit. There are plenty of people in the world that believe things that are different than what I believe. Um, And as long as you're not overtly trying to cause me and my family harm, you are free to believe whatever it is that you want. Um, And I don't try to impose my beliefs and views on anybody uh, because you are entitled to that, right? I'm capable of having a conversation with somebody that does not agree and think the same way I do. You and I don't agree on everything politically. Um, We don't agree on everything, um, you know, from a fight standpoint either. There's plenty of things that you and I do not agree on, but we can have Solid discourse about it, and when you just immediately cancel people based on uh, things that they've said, done, or where they were in a geographic location at a point, period in time, it is a dangerous precedent. Uh, You cannot allow mob mentality to rule the day when it comes to things like this. It's irresponsible and it's dangerous. Um, And to be honest with you, man, there you know there, there there are things out there online. Um, that I have said and done that are so put, put me in the crosshairs of very like, you know, that Twitter got rid of 70,000 accounts. Um, all the parlor things are being scrubbed, all of these things that are going on. I, there, there are plenty of, there are people right now that are being fired and let go from their positions for saying and doing less than I, than things that I've said and done online. So I, I I fully put myself in the boat or the canoe with some of these people, um, because I just as a as a, as a free thinking human, not it's not even an American thing. This is a free thinking human. I believe I have the right to express myself. Um, I just it's dangerous, man. It scares me. It's I don't I don't like it. Just I don't like it. That's all.
2: No, it's it's completely fair, and I think the sad thing also and. I've noted, that, noted, that, noticed this with a lot of the other uh, different channels that I like to watch. Their narratives have begun to change because of the fearfulness of what could happen if they go outside their lane. And um, that's just a sad thing. Um, yeah. But the cool thing is, punchless, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. I'm going to do true. whatever the fuck I want. I'm going to bet whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it the entire time because we yeah. have the best listeners on the planet – you're the best freaking pilot. I talked about this earlier. I said, you know what? I don't feel comfortable because I don't always fly the plane. I yeah. sit and freaking coach and just get all the free drinks. But
1: yeah.
2: we're on to something. Fuck the, everything else, dude. We're doing this.
1: Yeah. No, listen. And I, listen I'm i all for it, right? Like I said, the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because it's MMA related in the sense that they let Pat Miletic go. That's the only reason why I'd even bring it up. I We, we try to make a habit of not saying... And doing divisive or political things on the show, you know, we don't talk about the we don't talk about the virus. We don't do we don't do any of the normal stuff that people have been like, mm, don't do that, right? Stick to stick to fights, right? We hear that we've had people t- tell us that before. Stick to yeah. fights. That's what we do by and large. I'm only bringing this up because Pat Miletich was a commentator for LFA and he's a former welterweight champ in the UFC. That's why I bring it up. Um, and even then, you know, I felt like you know just talking about it for five minutes was probably four minutes too long. So anyway, guys, follow us on social media uh punch list MMA on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you can find us. A couple things coming up. We've got, um, the merch store is coming soon. That is in the, that is in the works. We will have merch. Um, we got a lot of stuff going on there and then we will be doing, uh, we've, we've got a challenge coming up as well. Um, yeah. we do have a challenge coming up, uh, which, you know, we're going to encourage as much participation with from you guys as humanly possible. So we are going to have contests. We are going to have challenges. We do have, uh, store getting ready to launch here soon uh email us at chat at punchless mma Check us out on twitter and instagram at punchless mma be sure to support the show stay classy meets use promo code fist save ten percent uh go to allegianceclothing.com use promo code punch and save 15 percent site wide best way to support the show is by supporting our sponsors trey i appreciate you uh navigating the boat or flying the plane without me for 15 minutes man i appreciate that very very much appreciate everybody that listens to the show uh we've gone well over time I appreciate what we do i care about our listeners thanks for tuning in each and every week thanks for downloading if you haven't left a review please do so on itunes we're going to give some shit away this week trey you got anything else
2: nope all right going, guys
1: that's it be good to each other do the bang bang bang, bang. bang, bang. bang, bang.
2: <laughs> there it is
1: i need it every week
0: bang bang